You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM. This is the Morning Buzz with Mankiran Ajala. We are now speaking to Dr. Srinivas Murthy in the Faculty of Medicine at UBC. We're talking about children's hospitals being overwhelmed and what needs to be done to support them. What exactly is RSV and how to keep your children safe? Dr. Murthy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mankiran. So I want to get into this. Obviously, we're seeing in the news that a lot of children's hospitals are overwhelmed in the country. What are your thoughts on what we are seeing here? Yeah, there's a, a lot of kids right now with infections, a lot of kids with severe respiratory infections, which is putting a lot of work um, for lots of ch- children's hospitals and community hospitals across the country. Um, and so it's been a rough time over these past couple of weeks in the healthcare system. Um, and it's likely to be like that and possibly even worse over the coming weeks. And Dr. Morthy, part of the reason I contacted you is because you put a very interesting thread on Twitter, just kind of explaining the situation. And part of your tweet, you said, in Canada, we are a small field, just 17 hospitals care for every critically ill child in the country. You said there are less than 200 trained pediatric critical care physicians in the country. Can you expand a bit on that? Sure. And so the way critical care works in children in Canada is that. Um, In each province, there's one to four, depending on the size of the province, critical care units where kids who are, say, um, intubated for needing oxygen or something like that are cared for. And so what we do is the child needs care and they're in a smaller hospital. We bring them to that bigger hospital and care for them from there. And so because of that, we're very regionalized and we're very specialized in in the care that's being offered. Obviously, if there's more children than we have beds and staff to care for, it becomes um, evident that there's strain on that system. And there's always strain on the system, um, even before the pandemic emerged. We've always sort of operated on the edge, let's say, um, with periods of surges happening here and there. But I think these past few weeks have really highlighted that um, our capacity isn't really um, matched to the need. Yeah, and it seems like, Dr. Murthy, that when we look at our healthcare in so many areas, they have been impacted. But I want to talk a little bit about the history of pediatric care in hospitals, because like you just said there, this isn't a new issue. But for a lot of us who aren't aware, we think like, oh, my God, is this because of the pandemic? How come it's kind of continuing where you guys are just working literally on the edge? Yeah, and I think this is not just pediatric critical care. This is emergency room care. This is primary care. This is long-term care. Um, This is just more evidence that our health system um, has been in crisis for many years in the pandemic, and this current surge of infections has just revealed those fault lines. I think going to the drawing board and figuring out exactly how we can maximize healthcare capacity to meet the needs of Canadians and all Canadians, um, including people who don't vote, like children. Mm-hmm. And now I guess the next question we're all wondering is, you know, what needs to be done to combat this issue? How do we make the system better? Yeah, and I think that requires resources and political leadership. Um, when you see sort of the provincial health ministers and the federal health ministers disagreeing on things and not thinking about funding in the health system um, and all these meetings over the past couple of weeks, when you're a frontline healthcare worker who sees the strain and just needs solutions, um, it's frustrating, um, to be honest. And so I think what we need now is that leadership to emerge to say, you know what, it's been years of austerity in our healthcare system, and we really need to think about how we can improve the system that we deliver to Canadians who need it um, for their day-to-day care and for their emergency care. And of course, next up, I want to ask you, Dr. Morthy, is we are hearing in the news of RSV. Many kids are particularly impacted by this. Can you tell us what exactly RSV is? 
sure. RSV is one of the viruses that's floating around the community. It's a otherwise known as respiratory syncytial virus. It's a common childhood virus and elderly um, individual virus that happens in seasonal bursts pretty much every year. Um, and what it does, especially in small infants, it can cause breathing problems and lungs get clogged up and so on. More often than not, it won't require ICU admissions, but we do see every year a handful of kids requiring um, ICU level care because of their severe disease. Um, and we're seeing that now as well. Um, we're seeing that, but in combination with other viruses that are also co-circulating, things like influenza, rhinovirus, enterovirus, and other things that are causing all of these things to um, cause our strains to emerge. And I think for a lot of parents, especially who have children that could potentially be, you know, infected with this virus, what is your tips for keeping their children safe? Yeah, and so there's prevention, and then there's what to do if you have things. Prevention is things we know how to do. And so things like wearing masks, making sure our hands are clean, avoiding sort of very close and prolonged contact in closed spaces um, with large groups of people, particularly with kids. And then thinking about as an adult, um, how we can make sure that our children are best protected. And that means protecting ourselves from getting infection um, so that we don't transmit it onwards in our community. And then once your child, if your child gets sick, um, thinking about when to seek out care. And there's some nice guidance on various websites, including at various hospital websites, about what to do and when to seek out care. I acknowledge the frustrations about lack of, say, um, Tylenol um, and other anti-fever medications that are available in the community right now. And that's a huge political problem and a huge problem for the families in our community because that's probably one of the most um, effective intervention to keep kids out of hospital and keep kids feeling well. And so it's another sign that our health system um, really is not set up to deal with these types of crises. And I was going to say, Dr. Morthe, I'm glad you mentioned that. And actually, as we are talking, Health Canada did put an announcement that we will be getting more pain and fever medication on the way. So hopefully that can help relieve the stress for parents. But I was going to say, not having access to those medication for their children, does that bring a lot more kids into the hospital? Yeah, and it's like kids feel better with Tylenol and other medications that lower their fevers and reduce their pain. And so when a parent sees a child who's not feeling well, they're more likely to bring them into the emergency rooms or to primary care or to urgent care because of that lack of sort of temporizing measures that Tylenol and other medications offer. And so without a doubt, this has sort of impacted um, the strain that's seen in, in the healthcare system. Um, and while I acknowledge that federal announcement that medications are on the way. Um, these signals were present many, many months ago as to that supply chain problem. And I always say the best time to respond to an emergency is before the emergency happens, not necessarily afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed, Dr. Murthy, there's a lot of people in the conversation talking about the importance of mask wearing, especially in public indoor spaces. I mean, what are your recommendations around that? Yeah, so I personally wear a mask in public indoor spaces. It'd be ideal if most of the adults around us also did the same. How to get adults to make sure that they wear masks is um, beyond my understanding and pay grade, let's say, um, in that there's lots of different ways of nudging or incentivizing or mandating um, the community to wear masks in high-risk locations. Um, that being said, uh, I acknowledge that there's been a loss of trust across the community with public health officials and with um, government officials more broadly, 
and mandates may um, backfire in a way too. And so I'm not going to necessarily say one thing or the other on that one. Dr. Murthy, I want to thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? No, I, I think right now is the time to think about where our health system has been and where it needs to go. And so like if I tell anyone to the tell anything to the community out there, it's largely that this is a time to advocate for health system change. Um, and that the austerity that's been present over the past number of decades has led us to this situation right now. You take care now. Take care, you too.